sweet psalmist this morning. It's a message of consecration. Nature has a way of exalting its creator. The trees clap their hands in exaltation of our God. Even the silence of the rock worships the Lord. The current of rivers of waters giving praises to him. And the choir just sang, if they could do all that, so will I. So should you and I. So should we give the entirety of our life in consecration unto the Lord. In worship, in obedience, in going out for him, in serving. That's the message this morning. And if we just go home with this message, honestly, our coming wouldn't have been in vain. Because already I can tell you I'm blessed. Reminder of the reason why the Lord saved me. Reminding me of the reason why uh, I was blood bought, blood washed, blood sanctified. Respond this morning to God's word. Respond this morning to God's spirit. Which area of your life have you seen deficiency? Incidentally, that is the direction. I believe the Lord will have us go in to this message. But since the choir has preempted me, it's good that we respond. Take this time to begin to re reflect on your life. Reflect on those areas of deficiency. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. God wants total consecration. To be consecrated is to be set apart for special use. He wants total consecration. Father, thank you for sending your word this morning to us. Through your servants, we appreciate you. We exalt your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. I count it a privilege to stand before you this morning to bring God's word to you. Uh, you and I will be blessed together, I know, in the name of Jesus. Uh, before we roll on, I have this urge in my spirit for us to pray for ourselves. All right? So wherever you are, bow your heads and speak to God. Speak to God about your life. Speak to him about your life. Talk to him about things that are seriously debarring, have constituted themselves into hurdles and barriers. Speak to them now. Speak to them now. Speak to them now. Prophet Zechariah was inspired to declare, Who art thou, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become plain. 
There was a project Zerubbabel was commissioned to undertake for the Lord. The rebuilding of the temple. But there were mountains before him. It was getting difficult to accomplish. And then the word of God came. And then the word of God was declared. And we have it on record that Zerubbabel's temple was built. It will be on record that that project come to pass. It will be on record that you accomplish it. It will be on record that what you have labored to start because of all those are mountains. You're able to start and you're able to complete. It will be on record. For today we declare, Who art thou, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become plain. You shall become plain. You shall become plain. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, say the Lord. O ye mountains, O ye mountains, before God's people, O ye mountains, before Zion, O ye mountains, before the, the, the princes and the kings, the priests and the kings, that the Lord God has made us to be. O ye mountains, before the kings and the priests, I declare the word of God to you this morning. I declare in the name of Jesus, become plain in the name of Jesus be removed from where you are and be cast into the ocean of forgetfulness into the ocean of forgetfulness in the name of Jesus we count you as Pharaoh these Egyptians that we have seen up to now we see them no more in the name of Jesus Christ we count you as the Syrian army that were there in the camp but on the strength of the workings of one single angel, <laughs> 185,000, 185,000 men woke up dead. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I declare to mountains that have constituted themselves as barriers and odors in the way of God's people begin to melt away, begin to melt away. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are under pressure you are under serious pressure you are under serious pressure you are under serious financial pressure the Lord deflates the pressure this morning pressures, pressures are deflated this morning pressures, pressures are deflated this morning in the name of Jesus Christ you will be able to take care of those bills you will be able to attend to those matters because financial strength come your way this morning in the name of Jesus in the area of elf the Lord renews your youth like the eagles the Lord renews your youth like the eagles can you confess the word of God can you confess the word of God can you confess the word of God my youth is renewed like the eagles in the name of Jesus no more 
more waking up with headaches, no more waking up with fatigue. That which is the root cause is addressed this morning. I command you to dry up in the name of Jesus from your root. Everything that causes waking up with headaches, waking up with fatigue, this morning I cause you to your root. Dry up, dry up, dry up in the name of Jesus. For there is balm in Gilead, there is a physician in Gilead. So the heart of the daughter of Zion shall be taken care of. The balm of Gilead, the balm of Gilead is available. The heart of the daughter of Zion is taken care of. Healings, 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 healings. healings. Thank you, Father. Address the fears. Address the fears. The one you came with here. The one that is waiting for you at home. The one waiting for you in your working place tomorrow. That one waiting for you at your at your business. Your business. Your, your business outfit. The fears. The fears. Whether here or out there. Can you address them? Can you address them? Let fears begin to melt away. Let fears begin to disappear in God's presence. Mountain melts like water. The mountain of fear where, where melts like wax. The mountain of fear melts like wax. In the name of Jesus, we command that like the chaff that is scattered in the presence of the wind. So there I declare the scattering, the scattering of fear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank him for answered prayers. I appreciate him because of what you begin to see. After now, after now, the word of God has one peculiar characteristic. It is bound to fulfill the purpose for which it is sent. So the word has been sent and there will be fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can you tell your neighbor, no more fears? No more fears. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. I have a very brief period to uh, minister God's word this morning. And I trust the Lord to help me speak his mind to us and to myself. For us to see the imports of his heart. Amen. I have a burden for the sick this morning. He's punctuating this, and it's because the Lord wants to address illnesses. And it's as if he's not done yet. Can we please bow our heads, and um, let's just respect the privacy of God's people. You are sick. I mean, all you can say is, I'm sick. And I'm not talking of just malaria. I'm talking of something that is considered serious. Rise on your feet wherever you are. Rise on your feet. It's considered serious. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Wherever you are, there is a current of his power reaching out to you this minute. The current of his power. Somebody you are still seated. Please, you are delaying us. You are delaying us. You, you, you have ah, please. It's, it's a grave moment. 
Thank you, Jesus. Up on the gallery. Don't worry. You are part and parcel of this. Uh, people watching online, wherever you are, be on your feet. I'm talking of grave illness. Father, thank you. Lord, you stood before the grave of Lazarus. And you commanded that the grave be opened. There was initial insistence because by the reckoning of matter, it's now stinketh. Matter was saying it's beyond redemption. It's beyond what can be reversed. It's irreversible according to his reckoning, to our reckoning rather. But Jesus will not be deterred. Grave was opened. The tomb was opened. And he declared, Lazarus, come forth. The life came from deadness. Life came from the tomb. Life came from hopelessness. Life came from that which was considered dead. I stand under the authority of Jesus this morning and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let every condition that can be considered stinketh now. By now it stinketh. Conditions that can be termed by now it stinketh. You are saying, can I stand for a loved one? Yes, you can. Wherever you are, you can. You just said it. If only I can stand for my loved one. Yes, you can. By now, it's tinkered. Whatever that condition is, by now, it's tinkered. The power of Jesus reaches out to everyone. And this minute... I declare life come out. Be revealed in the name of Jesus. Let the process heading for the grave be turned around this minute and let life come out in the name of Jesus. Let the power of God bring forth from the pit of death and let God's people be alive again in the name of Jesus. Bony conditions be corrected. Let art conditions be corrected in the name of Jesus Christ. Let anything that is heading for evil, destruction, and termination of life eh, be reversed in the name of Jesus. You are healed. By his stripes you are healed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you father. Give him thanks because healing has just happened. It has just happened. You, you, can, you, can, you can check your bodies. You can try out things you couldn't try up to before we prayed. I believe the Lord that for some it will be instantaneous. For some it will be a process. For some, it will be a while, but it has happened.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I believe the Lord will have us look at this topic this morning. Uh, manner of living. Manner of living. So manner, synonym, way. Uh, way of living. Way of living. Uh, and please, mind my choice of word. Living and not just existing. Because it's possible to exist and not live. Somebody who truly lives is someone who gives impact, who is impactful. Amen. And um, we, we don't need to struggle to be impactful because the power to be impactful is already within us. Hallelujah. So we have this treasure in Eden verse. Who are the Eden verses? You and I. Who is that treasure? The Holy Spirit. So we have this treasure in Adam verse that the excellency of his power. So it's actually his power. So the power to live belongs to God. And those who are Adam verses having the treasure inside of them, they are exposed to the excellency of that power. So that there is a power given to children of God to live. And that is where anywhere a child of God finds himself, there must be impact. In your workplace, work impact. Hallelujah. If your boss has not come to the point that he wouldn't consider himself or herself complete until he finds you around, then you have not started the journey of impact. If you are with a boss, that we always defer to you. Here you are living. Hallelujah. If you are a teacher in the house, and years after your retirement, the students you taught years back decide to honor you and send you gift and tell you we remember those days when you taught us, and it was as if you opened literally opened up our head. And pour stuff into it. And so we are appreciating you for that. My son did that for our mathematics teacher. That man turned things around for us. We had suffered in the hands of many mathematics teachers before then. Imagine suffering in the hands of mathematics teacher from class one up to class three. And then suddenly somebody shows up in your fourth year. And from that fourth year through your, your sitting for work and all of, all of that, you know, things suddenly changed. Hallelujah. And we remember that man in our set. And we said that man, it's time for his reward. And we contributed. Hallelujah. I'm talking of impact. The power to be impactful is within you already. It's the Holy Spirit. Manner of living. Way of living. The manner of living, the way of living is to live by the way of the Holy Spirit. It's to live by the way of the one that has the power, the embodiment of the power of God through which you can actually declare his glory and his praise. Have we forgotten? The Lord said... These people have I formed for my sakes. They shall declare 
my praise. Hallelujah. So there is the power residing within you to declare his praise. And when you are declaring his praise, you are actually living. And people will join you in praising that father. Jesus at the point, he said, you are to be the light or you are the light of the world. And he went further to say, let that light so shine. I love the word so shine. That word so tells me that I can decide to limit the extent of the, no, the, 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 the intensity of that light. I, I can decide to limit it. It depends on the aperture I allow for the light to go through. I might decide to make a very little aperture for that light to pass through. And what men will see will be little light. There is no problem with the light of God. The light of God is consistent and constant. The brightness of that light, no man can stand, not even the devil. Hallelujah. And that light is what Jesus said, we shall shine. But you see, the way to shine it is to allow penetration. Hallelujah. And it depends on the aperture you allow for penetration. Glory to God. And so he said, let your light so shine. Jesus was saying, there is no limit to where that light can get to, but you can limit it. Manner of living this morning. Jesus is calling you to so shine. Why? For men to see and give praise to your father that is in heaven. So we are coming back to Isaiah. These people have I formed for my sake, for my sake, that they should show forth my praise. Jesus said, you are a city set on a hill. You can't be hidden. I mean, it's not just possible for you to be hidden. Situated on a hill, you are the signature of all eyes. And uh, when they see, they see you as the lighthouse. A lighthouse attractive, attracting men. And people will be drawn towards that city set on the hill. And when they get to that city, what would they see? The praise of your father. Hallelujah. These people have I formed for my sake. They shall show forth my praise. The design of salvation by God is that men should come to find praise in your life. That's the design. The design is for men to come and investigate and then conclude that truly you have been with the Lord. Hallelujah. Manner of living. We are in a generation that is experiencing gross darkness. My, my, oh my. I shake my head. Anytime I see stuff on the internet. And I ask myself, is there hope? Yes, there is hope. There is hope because the scriptures have said that there will be gross darkness. Hallelujah. But there will be people that will shine the light. Gross darkness will cover the earth. But somebody will arise and light will shine 
and the glory of God will be revealed. Hallelujah. And inside gross darkness, light will be so overwhelming that gross darkness will have no choice but to bow. Nigeria is going through what we can call gross darkness invasion. But I am not disturbed in any way because I know in this light will shine. And gross darkness will give way in the name of Jesus. There might be camps in various areas of this nation as we speak. God is closing up those camps. The light of Jehovah is closing up those camps. And there will be peace in this nation again. In the name of Jesus. So gross darkness may cover the whole earth. But a group of people will arise and light will shine through them. And men will see the light. And again, pointing to praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Manner of living. So we are in a generation that the fear of God is totally missing. I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 30. And look at the description of this generation. In Luke chapter 18 verse 8, Jesus said, hey, I wouldn't know what he saw before he made that statement, but he saw something. And I'm suspecting he saw our day and time. And he said, if I come back, will I still meet faith? Ah, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. I want us to begin reading from verse 11. For us to see the description of this generation. There is a generation that cursed their father and does not bless their mother. A generation of delinquent children. Generation where children will stand up to their father and mother and swear against them and call their bluff. A generation that can look at their mother and decide to make that mother, to turn the mother to, to money. A generation that can use their fathers for money rituals. A generation that will not listen to their parents. I will tell their parents, you are not, you are not, um, you don't understand. The age we are in is not the age you were when you are in, when you are in our age. Can you please bring it up again? Proverbs chapter 30. Generation that caused father and mother does not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed. You see ladies walking in nakedness and they won't be bothered. In a day, well, sorry. When I was still younger than this, if I saw ladies, you know, almost half naked, you will see them walking, but with that consciousness that, ah, this thing I'm doing, I just have to do it because of what I want to achieve. 
and, and you see them at least some level of shame. But not these days. Not these days. Not these days. Let's go into it, please. So there is a generation, pure in their own eyes, not washed from their filthiness. So a lady that just slept with a man who is not a husband could come to church the next day and lift up hands confidently as if nothing happened. They are not bothered about their filthiness. A whole lot of filthiness in the society. But they can't care. And they don't care. Men that will go out and do all sorts. Get drunk. Come back to their houses drunk. And the next day they are in church. In fact, tongue talking, you know. They'll be back in church the next day. And it was appears as if nothing happened the previous day. Life simply goes on. This is the generation. Can you see that description? Let's keep on, please. Fieldiness. Lofty eyes. Oh, how lofty are their eyes? So proud. And their eyelids are lifted up. Their hearts are lifted. Pompous. And no one can control them. They're uncontrollable. There's a generation whose teeth are swords. Ah, their teeth are razor blade. They can tear through and pierce through hearts. They can make expressions that will want to make you feel like, am I a human being? They swear. They, and all of this, you know, social media actually has really helped in cementing this. Whose teeth are swords and their just teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the hearth and needy from among them. Hallelujah. The generation we are. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm laying a foundation. And then after that, we begin to run. Second Timothy and chapter 3. The description of this generation. It's important that we understand this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, from verse 1. Multimedia, thank you for helping us this morning. This know also that in the last days, the days we are in, perilous times shall come. And what shall be the signals? Men shall be lovers of, them, of their own selves. Christians seek their interest first before the interest of God. Their business before God's business. <laughs> Covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Remember filthiness. Without natural affection, their, their heart is so cold. No love. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, eddy, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Their interest first, what they love first, before that of the Lord. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So in church, they look pious, a form of godliness, godliness they display it. 
But out there, they deny the power. When they come to the, when the, when they get to their, to, to their, you know, to their coven, you know, they throw away the power thereof. They become another thing. Hallelujah. The generation we are in. But like I said, gross darkness may cover the earth. But you and I will arise and the light of the glory of God will shine through in the name of Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised with what is happening because we already have a prophecy over this. And so there was this man that was shown a vision in Revelation chapter 17. John had so many things revealed to him and he penned it down. And today it's called Revelation. And in chapter 17, there was a description of the system that operates in the world now. Now, everything we have read so far, operating on a system we call the world system or Babylonian system. So there is a force actually at work. And it's working out in the heart of children of disobedience. And we have in Revelation chapter 17 the description of the Babylonian system, the worldly system. For us to see how serious the days we are in, how seriously dark the days we are in is, because there is a power seriously at work more than ever before in our day and time. Revelation chapter 17. We'll begin to read. Please, quickly. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 1. From verse 1. He said, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show you the, the judgment of the great war. So the system operating and instigating all we have read about this generation, that system is referred to as a war. War. A prostitute. That seated upon many waters. Where you never you see many waters, it talks of many people, sea of heads. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So, nations of the world are obnobbing with Babylon. And so, they can talk of same-sex marriage. I mean, they, 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 can, they can embrace anything that is against the knowledge of Christ. Because they have accommodated Babylon. And they are on the same bed with Babylon. And all manner of perversion can be embraced and can be released to the society. Because nations, kings of nations have actually embraced this. Please let's go on. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Names of blasphemy. Now, day and time, it is so common to see men blaspheming the Lord. Hallelujah. And it was even said that sooner than later, Christianity will become a thing of old. That when you want to refer to Christianity, you will need to go to the museum for you to understand that there used to be what is called Christianity. Blaspheming. Please, let's go on. I saw a woman sit upon... Uh, upon the scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. 
And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold, precious stones and pearls. So those things that attract our youth, those things that attract our young men and even our old men, you know, colorful things, money and all those stuff. Having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness. And these are the things that Babylon has been feeding societies and nations of her fornication. Verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery. Babylon the great, the mother of Alots, and the abominations of the half. Go on. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, I think this resonates with us. How many Christians have been killed in northern part of Nigeria? Hallelujah. If we can't remember any, at least we remember the innocent girl that was burnt alive because of our inclination towards Christ. Hallelujah. So Babylon orchestrating all of this and actively doing that in our day and time. The blood of the matter of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admir admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore this thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her. Now, the beast carried her. So, Babylon actually sitting on a beast. We'll see the beast now. And of the beast that carried her, which are the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. So this Babylon described sitting upon a beast. Amen. So the Babylon gives power to the decadence we are seeing in the society. But she derives her power Sitting on an authority described as a beast, the Antichrist. Hallelujah. First John tells us who that Antichrist is. The spirit that counters anything that is Christ. The spirit that wants to negate whatever that belongs to Christ. Babylon sits on that. The world system sits on that. Amen. And... It's the, and Babylon is deriving her strength and her power from all of this. And we are seeing the effect in nations. We are seeing the effect in societies. We are seeing the effect in families. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read on please. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman seated. Seven mountains. And we've been told that there are seven mountains that shape the culture of nations. Like most of us will know. So Babylon is sitting upon the seven mountains that shape the culture of nations. Those seven mountains actually are the, are the, the, the cons, cons, constituent, as it were, of the essence of every nation. Family is one of it. So Babylon is striving over family and is ensuring that in families Christ is not mentioned or Christ is relegated to the background. A simple test this morning. How many family members came together to pray before leaving for church? 
this morning, I'm asking us, I'm asking myself, how many of us spoke to our children and uh, instructed them from the scriptures this morning? When last did we have the mention of Jesus in our house this morning? When last did we have a mention of Christ in our house? Is it not that the father would go with his device, the mother with, his, with her device, the children with their devices, and everyone will be minding his own business, and we allow social media to redirect and to, you know, reconfigure our mentality? Family is one of the mountains that shapes the culture of the earth. And Babylon is sitting on it. Hearts. And under that you have entertainment. Under that you have sports. You have celebrations. And we see all sorts. Things glorifying Babylon. Coming through hearts. Hallelujah. Education. We don't need to go far. Asu is on strike. Babylon sitting on our education. And when our children are not in school, you know what they can do. Unfortunately, I've been hearing stories that probably wouldn't have happened if our children were in school. I've mentioned three. Business, media, education, government, or if you like, politics, religion, religion. So these are the seven mountains that shape the culture of nations and Babylon is sitting. We read it. She sat on the seven mountains. And these are the mountains God has commissioned you and I to take over. Hallelujah. He has commissioned you and I to take charge. And what do you do? You simply point men to Christ standing on those mountains. So that somebody comes as visitor to stay with you for a few days and all they are washed with is the word of God, prayers in your home, and before they know it, they will be asking, is this an extension of church? Yes. If your home can be said to be an extension of church, Babylon is at work. So I'm not talking about something that is far-fetched. I'm talking about things that are reality with us. There must be a separation from Babylon, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, there was a loud cry, come out of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, please, can we read? 2 Corinthians chapter 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, seer the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, seer the Lord Almighty. So there is this shout and cry, come out of this hole and the hold of Babylon. Now, that same 2 Corinthians chapter 6, let's start reading now from verse 14. 
Second Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So when you say come out of them, this is exactly what he's saying. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why? There is no fellowship with, between righteousness and unrighteousness. What communion at light with darkness? And what conquered at Christ with Belial? Or what have he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement at the temple of God with elders? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So God is saying, come out of the hold of Babylon, because you are not to mingle with them. That must be a difference. That must be. That must be a difference. Hallelujah. So God expects us to be an emblem of his praise upon these mountains. And wherever you are, that is your place of influence. Hallelujah. Take it up for Christ. Because when Jesus was given a parable in Luke chapter 19, verse 13 specifically, he said, he, he said, a landowner gave talents to servants. And then in verse 13 said, Occupy till I come. Jesus was saying, Those mountains, take them for me. Represent me well upon the mountain of heart, entertainment, media, education. In your family, represent me well. Message, put it this way. Operate with this till I return. NLT, put it this way. Invest this for me while I'm gone. It was saying, in essence, bring forth fruits on these mountains. I want to see fruits on these mountains. Remember, we're talking about manner of living. Child of God, this morning, I want to charge us to have a re-evaluation of our lives. I haven't seen the reality of our day. I haven't seen the power behind things we are seeing. I haven't seen the wisdom behind the power of things we are seeing. So the power behind the things we are seeing is Babylon. The wisdom behind that power is the Antichrist. And anything that points towards Christ, it negates. But you are to stand. The manner of living for you to stand and represent Christ. And let there be an agreement between him and between you and his spirit for you to take over the mountains. We don't know how many of you had tears or you were moved to tears when you saw this wonderful girl, Toby Amuso, mounting the podium in sports. And I deliberately did some checks about her. I didn't, I didn't know how 
no intent she was with our God until I read some things about her. In fact, to start with, the moment she breast the tape and was confirmed to have won, did you see her clap and made a statement? What did she say? What did she say? I'm not sure myself, but what I think I had was God is great. I stand to be corrected. But now, if that isn't what she said, things I've heard about her points towards that, that she has an outer of the fear of God. She came from, she's from a Christian home, a serious Christian home. But today she, I mean, that day she was on the podium as a city set on a hill. On the podium as a light that shines in darkness. And when she was interviewed after the whole thing, she kept mentioning, God did it. I give thanks to God. Go and search all other athletes that won. At least the one that I had. No mention of God. All they would say was, I practice. I ensured that for two years I was with these. No mention of God. In Babylon, there is no mention of God. In the media, it is now an abomination for you to mention God. Talk, talk more to mention Jesus. When you, you, you are reading through the scroll, if somebody mentioned God and, you know, there will be... Uh, auto interpretation of uh, auto um, uh, um, auto display of utterance if that person, that person mentioned God they would delete God you would know that God was there but covered up no mention of God, no mention of Christ Babylon but God is saying like that lady Mount the podium of the world. All I saw that day. That was a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Anywhere you find yourself, mount the podium and let the praise return to God. And of course, that will not come cheap. You need to work on yourself and get to the top because that will be, it's, Highly competitive. Hallelujah. I want to round up now. And I'm rounding out on this note. I want to say that in looking at manner of living, we look at it on the basis of our constituents. We are spirit being, we live in a body, we have a soul. On, on these three planes, the Lord expects you to live like Christ. Hallelujah. So in your spirit man, there is a manner of living and it is the manner of worship. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is saying this morning, in the spirit, in your spirit being, let there be a manner of worship. So Jesus engaged a woman at the well of Sychar and in 
John chapter 4, verse 23. Can you please bring it up? John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour comment, which is this hour? And now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, that spirit, you can see it's small letter S. If it were to be big letter S, it would be referring to the Holy Spirit. But small letter S referring to your spirit. In spirit and in truth. So, worship should be from inside to outside. Let it start from your spirit. Let it flow from your spirit. The river in the temple flowed from the threshold of the temple and then flowed out according to the vision that Ezekiel saw. So it's always flowing from inside out. So worship should be from the spirit. Manner of living in the spirit. Worship. Manner of worship. Let that be a manner of worship from the spirit. Verse 24. For God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In that truth in Christ Jesus, God will not accept any worship outside Christ, the truth. And so that's why the worship is actually, you know, in relation to Christ. Glory to God. So in the spirit, that must be a manner of worship. In the soul, there is a manner of reasoning. Remember, I said manner means way. Hallelujah. There must be a way you reason. A manner of reasoning. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 that we all know tells us why we should reason. Romans chapter 12. And let's read from verse 1. Manner of reasoning. The way you think. Their thinking must line up with who Christ is. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Lord, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reason. Now verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove. Now, manner of reasoning. You must be able to reason in such a way that you can prove what is good. When you are presented with what is good and what is bad, because your reasoning has been exercised over time, because your reasoning has been taught by the word of God, because your reasoning has been exposed to the fire of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to differentiate between what is good and what is bad. Bring it up again, please. So that you may be able to prove what is that good. You'll be able to understand that this is good and this is bad. Not only that, you'll be able to understand what is acceptable. Acceptable with men? No. Because men are under the authority and the governance of Babylon. Acceptable with God and perfect will of God. That is how to reason. That is the manner of reasoning the Lord is talking about and the Lord is asking us to come into. Manner of reasoning. Hallelujah. And you see, that can't happen until you have exposed your mind to God's word. God's word conditions the mind to prove things right. Conditions the mind to understand what is acceptable and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. 
So to live well, you must reason well. And finally, the manner of conduct. And so we are going back to Romans 12 and verse 1. It said, present yourself as living sacrifice. So the manner of convert conduct is presentation of your body, you know, as living sacrifice. Surrendering your body for service. Surrendering your body for every righteous act. Every righteous, uh, you know, as a, 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 a condition. Surrendering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. I had the opportunity of uh, being in a drama team. Interdenominational, actually. And we used to go everywhere. Well, let me not say everywhere. We used to go to most places in the southwest. Abelkuta, Lagos, here in Ibadan. And we were, we were just young. We were, we were, we were youth of um, around um, 16, 17, 18 years, 19, you know. And we could travel down to Republic of Benin. And you see, because we were that young, whenever we approached any church that we would want to minister in drama, they were like, what could you, what could you offer? And there was a particular time we offered to minister in drama at Faith Clinic. For those who know Faith Clinic at Ijokodo, the Benemes. And the, 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 the pastor said, no, no problem, come over. You know, it was to be uh, a night, uh, a watch, um, a video. And we came that night. And the moment we went to the pastor to announce our arrival, he said, what, are you, what have you come to do? We said, we came and you said, we should come. He said, did I say so? We said, yes. He said, I didn't know when I said yes. Oh. How could I have asked you? You just little people. Ah. People come from all over Nigeria for this meeting. Ah, how would I be exposing Ah, and she, he was almost coming to the point of begging us to forget. Uh, but she, he didn't have the strength to say it. To cut the long story short, we were allowed. And the power of God broke out. Oh, the power of God broke out. The power of God broke out. Oh, the power of God broke out. And the man went to a corner and was crying. And so this is what I would have denied people of. One of those who had a total transformation that day actually invited us over. A very wealthy and highly influential woman in, the society, in society. No. Invited us over to Lagos to come and minister. We got there and we thought it was just invitation to minister. He now shut the door after ministering, shut the door behind us in, his, in our office and started pouring out our hearts. He said, I had held my husband, I held something against my husband for long, but your drama broke me. Child of God, the manner to live 
is to be impactful. Present your body as living sacrifice. Make yourself available for the Lord to use. Make yourself available for him to derive praise from your life. Remember I said initially that there is a treasure in you. And it is through the power of that treasure that praise and the excellence of the power of God will be revealed. So it's not what you will do yourself, it's what the Lord will do through you. Hallelujah. Manner of living. The manner of living is a manner of worship. Manner of reasoning must align with that of Christ. Your manner of worship must be in God's way. And your manner of conduct should give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. To round up finally, Mark chapter 13. Can we please touch the keyboard? God bless you, my brother. Mark chapter 13, from verse 32 to 37. It's a parable of Jesus, and I'll begin to read. But of that day and the hour, knoweth no man, no, not the angels, which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not what the time is. For the Son of Man is a man, take, for the Son of Man is as a man, taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority. So, the Son of Man, Jesus, is as a man. Taking a far journey. So Christ took a far journey. He's far above principalities and powers. Seated with, at the right hand of God. He left his house. We are his house. He left us behind. When he ascended to heaven. He left us behind. And gave authority to us. His servants. Gave authority to us. His servants. For a reason. And to every man. His work. Now. Two things. Authority. And what? Walk. So he first gave authority. And then he said, this is where you channel that authority. Walk. Every child of God, you have a walk. That is the manner of living. Walk. To every man is work. And commanded the porter. Hallelujah. He commanded the porter. You are not the porter. You are the servant. He gave you authority. And said, this authority, walk with it. He then commanded the porter. What was the command? Commanded the porter. Excuse me. Yeah. To watch. To watch. The Holy Spirit is the porter. The treasure is the porter. And he said, Holy Spirit, watch over them. As they undertake the work I've given to them and as they execute. In watching, he enables you. In watching, he teaches you. In worship, he comforts you. When you don't feel like doing anything for the Lord, he comforts you and says, go on, you have the authority, keep doing the work. In the process of time, things will align. You are discouraged because things are not lining up with your plans for this year. And you're saying, let me forget about this, 
this this working for God. I'm, let me just be coming to church, you know, to fulfill all righteousness. No. The potter is saying this morning, be encouraged. I'm watching over your life. Things will happen faster than you can imagine. Wait a while. The potter this morning is telling you there is a manner to live. I will help you. Paracletus, I will help you. The potter is watching. Jesus commanded the potter to do it and he's doing it. And that is why you won't be burned in the flame of fire. That is why you won't be overwhelmed by the current of water in which you are now. Because you are appearing in a safe haven. There's a safe haven for you. You are going to appear at that safe haven. The, fall, the three lads came out of the fire. Not the smell of fire. Not even the smell of fire. The potter is watching. Under his watch, Jesus now said, under the same watch of the potter, Jesus said, watch ye therefore. Now, that's a responsibility for you. The potter will watch over you, but you must also watch. Watch to, to make sure that you do the work he has asked you to do under his authority. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house comment at even or at midnight or at the cock ring or the morning let's come in suddenly and find you sleeping and what I say I say unto you all watch 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 so effectively to live to live effectively watch Watch. Live under the authority of Jesus. Watch. Watch. Understand the work he has asked you to do. Watch. Do that work. Watch. Watch. And open up to the potter. Watch. Watch. Bow down your heads and let's pray. respond to God's word this morning and ask him to help you are you tired of the journey of life and so nothing of God interests you anymore or have you gone so far from the Lord you don't read the scripture you don't read the Bible you don't pray you don't have a prayer life you don't have a study life you are not even bold to talk about Jesus among your peers and your friends. You can actually say that the influence of Babylon is strong over your life. Filthiness and all of that. Jesus is saying that's not the manner of living. Jesus is saying there is a manner of living acceptable to him. Come to it. Let it be expressed. Let it be seen. Because of time... I, I, I want to pray for those who are saying I want to come to Jesus this morning I want to start living I'm going to pray for two categories of people, people are saying I want to, I, I never started living at all because Christ is not in my life, but I want to admit him into my life now 
If you are saying that, all eyes short, all eyes bowed. Can you please wave at me? I just want to recognize you and pray for you. You're saying, I am not born again. You're saying, I am far from Christ. You're saying, I am not in Christ Jesus. He wants to receive you as you are. And you will begin a life journey that speaks volume of his praise and glory. If only you will come to him this morning. Anybody like that? Do you have any in the, on the gallery? Anybody on the gallery? I said if you're saying or taking that decision, just wave at me. I just want to pray for you. I won't ask you to come out. Do we have anybody on the gallery doing that? Now the second category of people are people who are born again. But the influence of Babylon is so strong over your life. You know it. We have read it. We have seen it from scriptures. Filthiness. Nothing of Christ matters to you. No prayer life. No study life. You can't talk about Jesus among your friends. You are ashamed to do that. Can't pray for more than three, two, three minutes. You are dry. Don't know what to say in prayers. Babylon. Place your hand across your chest and let me pray for you. Just place your hand across your chest and let me pray for you. That the fire may return. That the fire may return. Father, these sincere hearts, I ask, Lord, that you visit them. Lord, I pray you reveal yourself to them again. I ask, Lord, that you will begin, oh God, to walk them through the journey of life in accordance to your dictates that under the watch of the porter that they will have a watch over their own lives and walk under your authority and be fruitful in the name of Jesus. That's my desire for them and thank you Father for answering. Thank you Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Can you confess to the Lord everyone now Make a confession to the Lord or a declaration to the Lord. How that under his authority, you will do the work. You, you will occupy the mountains. You will occupy the stage. You, you will mount the stage for him. That praise and glory may be revealed through you. That the praise and glory of Jehovah may be revealed through you. Can you make that confession? Can, can you just make that declaration? That, oh, you will, you will occupy the mountains and the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we have prayed.